welcome to a podcast for Redefined Sisters. We are a discipling community of women flourishing in faith and redefined by the gospel. Our deepest desire is to equip women to be deeply rooted in the word of God and live in community with one another. Welcome back, ladies, to the Redefined Sisters podcast. My name is Jordan, and we are going to begin this episode with a fun question. So if you had to choose between apples or peaches, what would you pick? Secondly, would you bake an apple pie or a peach cobbler for a sweet summer picnic? And also just because, do you have any plans for 4th of July, Emily? Oh, well, I think I'll start with the apples or peaches and then I'll get to the fourth but this is a hard decision because I would definitely say a sampling of both because I can't just choose one and I actually got some peaches this week at the grocery store so I'm very excited for that and yeah I would definitely have to say both apple pie and peach cobbler I'd probably just do a sampling of both because I can have a picnic and enjoy that. It sounds really fun. Maybe in the fall though, because it's really hot right now. <laughs> but yeah, for the fourth, I think we'll just kind of relax by the pool. We haven't been in our pool for a while. So I think we'll do that. And we've been wanting to do some s'mores, um, but I'm not sure how that's going to work to make a bonfire with my horse. So <laughs> We may have to figure out, maybe use our fireplace for that. What about you? It is a really tough one because I love apples and peaches. There's just something special and sweet about peach cobbler and apple pie. But I have not had a homemade peach cobbler in so long, so I might choose that. There's something really good about it. And for 4th of July, we're just making burgers and fries and... We're kind of just hanging out and relaxing because we just got home from a long trip and we might take our niece to go see some fireworks before she goes back home. And yeah, we're just, we're going to have a fun relaxing day, which is very needed. Yeah. Yeah. I think we'll probably plan to grill out as well. That sounds really good. Yeah. That reminds me, I need to go to the grocery store to finish the burger stuff up, but making s'mores sounds really good too. So we might end up doing that as well. Yes, for sure. I love a good s'mores. Same. Well, welcome to our June summer series. This week, we are having a fun conversation about patience, specifically God's patience and cultivating a spirit of patience within ourselves and others. Let's quickly review last week's understanding over how the spirit and flesh are opposed to one another in verses 16 through 26, so we can truly live and abide in the spirit. The key verse for this has been, for freedom in Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And that is Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Support yourself, a cup of coffee or tea, grab your journal, and join us as we begin the Fruit of the Spirit in the Book of Galatians. This will be perfect for summer. Listen along anytime, anywhere. I, Jordan, will be your host, joined by my friend, Emily. Hi, ladies. She is also the founder of Redefined Sisters. 
We are thankful for you and your gracious support of this ministry and podcast. Thanks for tuning in, ladies. Our hope and prayer through this series is to consider Galatians 5 in its context as we chat through how to abide in the Spirit so that the power of Christ is powerfully working in and through us to cultivate godly fruit and gospel-focused lives, producing healthy roots watered in God's amazing love. Faith precedes love, and love is the natural outworking of this godly fruit, love being the foundation within each of these fruits, which is actually repeated four times in Galatians 5. For our favorite Bible translations in this series, we have used the ESV and Emily's study Bible, the CSB. And Emily and I are now going to reread Galatians 5, and we're going to break it up in the middle. For freedom in Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who should be justified by the law. You have fallen away from grace. Through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view, and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. And I will be picking up in verse 16. I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying one another. Our key themes in the Fruit of the Spirit series is freedom in Christ rather than remaining in spiritual bondage, living and abiding in the Spirit, and we are going to reread a couple verses. So verses 5 and 6 
For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. We are also going to read verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And we will reread 16 through 18. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. And Emily, would you like to go over the key themes for this week? Sure, I'd love to. So our key themes for this week are God's patience and cultivating a spirit of patience. So God's patience as we wait for the fulfillment of God's eternal kingdom and his faithful work in each of our lives. So I'm going to kind of reread that definition, kind of let it just soak into our hearts and our minds. So God's patience as we wait for the fulfillment of God's eternal kingdom and his faithful work in each of our lives. And for cultivating a spirit of patience, we have a working definition, growing in patience with ourselves and others as we wait patiently for eternity while faithfully trusting God's work to be fulfilled in each of our lives. So these two key themes have in common that we are anticipating, we are waiting for God to work out his plan in each of our lives. Um, so that's what they have in common. And we're going to be talking about patience this week. So we want to grow in patience, um, but we also want to understand the patience of God throughout scripture because he is very patient with us. And so I'm going to reread verses 22 through 23, just to review a little bit. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. So with that being said, let's give us an overall working definition for this episode on patience. So this week, our focus is on the fruit of the spirit, patience. As redefined sisters, we are pursuing a joy-filled, abundant life in Christ, rooted in the peace of Christ, while faithfully growing and eagerly longing for the hope of eternity. So next, let's focus on application, God's patience, and cultivating a spirit of patience. So Jordan, if you want to get us started on God's patience... Yeah, absolutely. So ladies, we are going to turn to Numbers chapter 14, verse 18. The Lord is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and the fourth generation. Now we are going to turn to Nehemiah chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 16 and 17. But they and our fathers acted presumptually and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. 
but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. Next, we're going to turn to Psalm chapter 85, verse 15. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Next, we are going to turn to 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. And lastly, we are going to turn to Romans chapter 9, and we're going to read verses 22 through 24. What if God, desiring to show his wrath and to make known his power, has endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction, in order to make known the riches for his glory for vessels of mercy, which he had prepared beforehand for glory, even us whom he has called not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles. Actually, I might go into verse 25 also. As indeed he says in Hosea, those were not my people, I will call my people. And her who is not beloved, I will call beloved. And in the very place where it has said to them, you are not my people, they will be called the sons of the living God. And Emily, if you want to go into cultivating a spirit of patience and get us started on that. Yes, I'm going to start in Galatians 6 and I'm going to read through verse 10. Brothers and sisters, if someone is overtaken in any wrongdoing, you who are spiritual, restore such a person with a gentle spirit, watching out for yourself so that you also won't be tempted. Carry one another's burdens. In this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone considers himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each person examine his own work, and then he can take pride in himself alone and not compare himself with someone else. For each person will have to carry his own load. And in my study notes, load actually means cargo or burden, so we could replace um, load with burden. And in my study notes, it talks about this has no connotation of extraordinary difficulty or heavy burden, but refers to life's routine obligations and to each believer's ministry and calling. So God requires faithfulness in meeting these responsibilities. So just a better kind of working definition for us. So continuing on in verse six, let the one who is taught the word share all his good things with the teacher. Don't be concerned. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever a person sows, he will also reap because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh. But the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit. Let us not get tired of doing good for we will reap at the proper time if we don't give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us work for the good of all, especially for those who belong to the household of faith. As I read that, it reminded me of my Elizabeth Elliot devotion. So I'm going to go grab that. (laughs) 
So if you ladies are on social media, I have mentioned this before in passing about my Elizabeth Elliot Keep a Quiet Heart. Um, they're just very short devotionals, maybe one to two pages. So I like to read them in the evenings. But I was reading under the devotion, Why is God Doing This to Me? So if you're not familiar with Elizabeth Elliot, I encourage you to go and look her up. They were collections from lead articles featured in her newspaper over like the past several years. And so they've compiled them into this devotion and it's, it's really good. And so one of the things that Elizabeth Elliot talked about is that we need to be pruned. And so Um, This is what this kind of reminded me of when I was reading in verse eight, because the one who sows to his flesh will reap destruction from the flesh, but the one who sows to the spirit will reap eternal life from the spirit and let us not get tired of doing good. And so when we, when we walk with the spirit, there are times in our life where, And Elizabeth Elliot says this, if we are bearing fruit, then we must be pruned. This is a painful process. Jesus knew that his disciples would face much suffering. He showed them in this beautiful metaphor that it was not for nothing. Only the well-pruned vine bears the best fruit. And so we can take comfort in knowing that when we're being pruned, we're neither barren nor withered. And we're not burned up. We're, we're being cultivated by the Lord to bear good fruit. And it's a painful process. God is the gardener. He is the vine and we are his branches. And if we truly are abiding in him and bearing fruit, then we have to be pruned. Um, there's only one option or the other option. The first option is to be pruned. The second option is to be cast aside. And so I would rather be pruned than cast aside So when you think of pruning, it requires kind of the cutting away so that beautiful fruit can appear. So she also talks about we need to be refined. The book of Peter, who wrote to God's scattered people, reminding them that though they were under trials of many kinds, and most of those we could, you know, probably don't understand. And we don't even understand to the full measure the sacrifice that Jesus went through. We can identify with Christ in suffering, and we know that he is with us, and he strengthens our faith. And so I just thought this was really applicable to what we were talking about, and so I wanted to read it to you. And ladies, we're going to actually link this uh, devotional, Elizabeth Elliot, Keep a Quiet Heart. You can purchase it on Amazon, so just look in the description box. And if this is something you're interested in, you can purchase it. And I know it will be a great encouragement to you ladies. So I'm going to continue in Romans chapter 12, beginning with verses 9 through 13. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil, cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in affliction, be persistent in prayer. So yeah, it goes along with the devotional I read, why is God doing this to me? So in anything, whether it's suffering, whether we're going through some type of affliction or illness, or just a really tough season, 
the Lord will, and he does desire to cultivate patience in us. But also through that, I think what helps us is we're continually going before the Lord in prayer and asking him to give us this kind of patience that we need to endure a difficult season. So I'm going to go over to Romans chapter 8, verse 25. Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. And I want to go through verses 18 through 24 um, to kind of tie everything together. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. For the creation eagerly waits with anticipation for God's sons to be revealed. For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself would also be set free from the bondage to decay into the glorious freedom of God's children. So I'm going to read that again because it was really good. Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in the hope that the creation itself would also be set free from the bondage. I don't know about you, but I would like to be set free into the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Now in this hope, we were saved, but hope, what is seen is not hope because who hopes for what he sees? Now, if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with patience. So I'm going to move over to Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I thought it was really good, though. Um, it talks about God's peace in my study notes, and it's equivalent to shalom, wholeness, well-being. So I just thought that was a good kind of definition there. And I'm going to go over to the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 40, verses 27 through 31. I'm going to start with verse 31, just kind of highlight it a little bit, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. I just, I really do love this picture. Like they will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. So let's go up to read verses 27 through 30. Jacob, why do you say in Israel, why do you assert my way is hidden from the Lord and my claim is ignored by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never becomes faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He gives strength to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Youths may become faint and weary and young men stumble and fall, but those who trust in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. Be sure to um, check out the link in the description box. I like to pull in other resources over patience. I think it's helpful in just putting Galatians 
um, 5.1, especially when we talk about each fruit of the Spirit into perspective for you. And so, Jordan, would you like to do a quick review um, from last week over peace? Absolutely. So last week we discussed peace, specifically with verses 17 and 18. The flesh is not simply the physical body. It includes the mind, will, and emotions, which are all subject to sin, probably referring in general to the unredeemed humanity. Oh, how we need Christ, especially the peace of Christ to redeem and restore our lives. Believers, we have the opportunity to live by the Spirit through the power of Christ as we abide in the Spirit. And that was actually within Emily's CSB study notes in her Bible. But before we end our time together, we have another question. How can we practically abide in the Spirit to cultivate patience for God's work in our lives, even when we aren't always able to fully see what He's doing in light of eternity? So I, as I think about this question, I would definitely say for me that we can pray the Lord's Prayer, and we see that in Matthew 6, um, you, I specifically highlighted verses 9 through 13, but it goes through verse 15. Luke uh, chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, it goes through verse 13. But um, just participating in the work within our local churches by serving in various ministries and through special events, going on mission trips or participating in local community outreach projects. Just simply asking the Lord to reveal what he is teaching you in this current season and how to faithfully abide in this spirit to cultivate patience in, in my life and yours. What about you, Jordan? I absolutely love that. So for me, we can pray for his guidance and to trust him fully, because that's such a big thing that a lot of us struggle with. Find a friend or a small group of women to help hold you accountable and pray with you during this time. Dig deep into his word. Find different events within your church to volunteer with. And just remember that patience is hard for all of us. And with accountability and seeking him, we will find that peace. Yeah, and I like that you put trusting him fully because trust, you know, trusting the Lord is, um, we can say we trust him, but it's actually a lot harder to live that out and to place our, you know, unwavering trust in him. It is the hardest thing to say that you're going to put all of that trust in him and kind of just wash your hands of the situation almost. Um just like how we've been wanting to move for about two years now. And we finally had that opportunity and it was waiting for a house. And we were kind of just like, we, none of the houses really matched what we wanted. So we kind of just sat there and we're like, okay, this is all him. He will have the house that we need. It'll pop up in his timing and everything's going to be fine. And that was probably the hardest thing to do because we would sit on Realtor and Zillow for hours every day, just staring at houses. Yeah, that's hard. And it's hard. It was so hard. And he did it. Like, I will be honest with everyone. It was less than 24 hours. 
Yeah, that's amazing. And I was like, okay, it that that's all him. And everything has been a smooth process because of him. Like we've been fully giving him this situation with moving everything to do with our houses. And that's a lot. Yeah. But yeah. it gives us a little bit of less stress, but we'll be honest, moving in general is stressful. Yes, for sure. And we hope you ladies can trust the Lord this week and throughout the summer. Yes, we love all of you ladies, and we will see you next week. Bye. Hi, ladies. We hope you had a safe and happy Independence Day with friends, family, and loved ones. We are thankful for the freedom we have living in this country and for our eternal freedom in Christ that Christ gives to us as we place our faith and hope in him. May the work of Jesus be abundant in your life this week, sister. Thank you for listening. To continue the conversation with us, join our free membership community at www.facebook.com slash groups slash redefined sisters. We cannot wait to connect with you.